What is going on, everyone? Welcome to another episode of the Fit, Healthy, and Most of All Happy podcast. I'm your coach and host, Josh, here with his co-host and co-coach, KG, and I'm in the house. Today, we're going to be covering some tips, some of our favorite tips, six tips at that to really improve recovery, to really maximize your results and really minimize soreness. And what I mean by here by maximizing your results is when you're recovered properly, you know, you're rested, you're restored, you're ready to go, right? When you're working with some wear and tear, it can be a little bit harder. So definitely pay attention to these tips because sometimes a great way to propel forward with strength, you know, with muscular development, all these different things is to actually take some time out of the gym to take care of yourself. So I'll let you take Take this one away, Kyle. Yeah, and like soreness is inevitable. It will happen. Um, I truthfully believe once you get used to specific movements and stay consistent, like it does get better. I know a lot of times people, once they start lifting and start doing specific things such as squats, lunges, whatever it is, like, you know, or just like a new movement, you will feel sore. Now, I do recommend going back to episode 90 and that's a full episode where we talk about does it actually mean you're progressing if you're sore? Um, A common myth is a lot of times people are like, hey, like I'm not sore. Like it doesn't mean it's not a good workout or like, oh my God, I'm so sore. I can barely walk. That means I'm progressing, right? And that's definitely not the case, but make sure to check that out. But long story short, soreness does not equal um, progress or muscle growth. And one of the biggest issues, and the reason I wanted to bring this up is today is because um, a lot of times it can actually reduce the activation of the desired muscle. So sometimes, you know, people will say, oh, suck it up, suck it up, keep going. But if you're doing legs and then you're super sore and then you go to do legs again, like it is okay to push through here and there, but you won't get as great results um, when you, as if when you're completely uh, fresh. Now, let's jump right into it. My biggest takeaway and biggest tip for today is just simply easing into your program. If you're someone who hasn't done a barbell squat for a while um, and you just start loading on the plates, you are going to be so, so sore. So easing into it, getting proper form, filming yourself, good full range of motion, just, you know, getting back into it, even if it's for a couple weeks will result in less soreness. And once again, like you just, you don't want to be walking around for the next seven days, not being able to, to move. So just ease into it, take your time. There's no rush. And that's going to be the biggest tip to, um, to, to, to create less soreness and uh, better recovery. Yeah, this is a huge one. Uh, You know, even myself, uh, you know, I got back to a heavy uh, leg day there. You know, I've squatted 585 pounds in the past. You know, now that I have a squat rack available, does that mean I just jump in and load up 585? Absolutely not. You know, I know to kind of be intelligent about it because I just transitioned back into a five by five at 275, which is very light for me. Um, And, you know, obviously my ego wants to go right back up to 405. And it's not that I can't. It's just more so that I'm like, you know what, I want to be able to walk tomorrow. I want to still be able to progress. And, you know, the other thing too, is when you're not used to having that much load on your back and your spine's more sore, and then it's tougher to do deadlifts the next pull day. Like, you know, so I always try to think forward. Um, It's different when you're acclimated to volume and the body does a wonderful job at adjusting. But, you know, once you like jump into new amounts of volume or anything like that, there's nothing wrong with easing your way into it. Yeah. And even like the other day, I also just got back into squatting with Josh. And as much as I wanted to get into the 300 range, because I can totally do it. I'm just like, okay, you know what? And even still, like I'm really sore, even just getting into like doing 225, 275. And that's totally okay. But I'm still utilizing all these other tips that we're about to jump into. Because right now, and the reason I wanted to bring this up is my legs are toasty. Like it's, it's hurting right now, jumping back into it. But there's so many other things you can do aside from easing into the program. Um, you want to jump into number two. I know this is one of your favorites and, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's probably one of the most important as well. 
Yeah, number two is an easy one. It's definitely the first thing you probably think of when you think of recovery, and that is sleep, right? Like, and once again, sleep is so overlooked. And what I want to actually talk more about, it's not just about how long you sleep or getting to sleep. It's about the quality of your sleep. Uh, I have a perfect example. This morning, I did a check-in for one of my clients, and they were saying how they, uh, to get to bed faster, they like to have a drink right before they sleep. You know, so they were saying they used to have like a beer. Now they have like a truly or something like that. And like, you know, this is where a lot of people can kind of go wrong or shoot themselves in the foot. Like you have to understand it's not just about getting to sleep, but things will actually affect your sleep. But there's actually some research that it's easier to fall asleep for a short window after having a certain amount of caffeine. Um, Same with alcohol. But the problem with that is, is you're going to affect the quality of your sleep. Like the quality is more important than the quantity. And this is where people can mess up. You know, even people taking like sleep pills and all these different things, you know, abusing melatonin, like it can actually be worse for you because you can neglect the quality of it. And we actually have a full episode that we will link in the show notes among many other links today about all of our favorite tips to not just get to sleep, but to improve the quality and density of your sleep. Because when you're well rested, you have enough REM sleep, you're going to feel fresh, you're going to feel energetic. Just the same. I had another client, you know, we were working on fixing their sleep schedule over the last few weeks. And they've just been absolutely fired up. They said they've never had so much energy. They've never felt so alert. They've never felt better. And you know, sometimes small changes can make such a difference. So even this client said, Hey, you know, sub that drink, that alcoholic drink, like a sleepy time tea or something, because just the same, some people need like, that little bit of a trigger to kind of say, ah, like this is my transition or, you know, this is something that helps me, you know, like whatever it is, sometimes even the placebo of making that switch is necessary, but for everyone else, you know, stick to those fundamentals that you'll definitely listen to in that sleep episode. Super well said. Uh, awesome bringing that up. And uh, I wanted to jump into number three, which is just simply self-myofascial release. Now, it's actually pretty crazy because like one of the biggest things that a lot of people do is like after a workout, they'll do static stretching. They'll, you know, put their arms across the chest and they'll just do some like pigeon poses and all that stuff. And it's actually been proven that static stretching has been, um, you know, it's been proven that it won't, won't it not only does not reduce muscle soreness, but it can actually interfere with your, your recovery post-workout. So, you know, once again, like I just know some people cannot leave the gym unless they do static stretching. And we're going to jump into this for number four, but it's been disproven over and over and over again that that's not what's going to help you reduce soreness. And there's actually some negative effects um, to just simply doing static stretching post-workout um, in terms of recovery and in terms of, um, you know, uh, muscle soreness and stuff. So number three is just, yeah, well, like I said, self-myofascial release. Um, the best thing you can do is just either use a foam roller or um, use a massage gun. Um, for me personally, even as my legs are super sore, I jumped back into using my massage gun and that feels incredible. Some people will say it's placebo. Some people say it doesn't work. Um, I'm just a huge fan of foam roller, massage gun, um, as well as lacrosse ball, uh, despite what some people say. And uh, you know, I do believe it offers tremendous benefits, especially when you do a post-workout, um, but truthfully doing it anytime will offer great benefits. Yeah. And even to add on to that, like just do what makes you feel the best. Some people, you know, they love just holding some static stretches after and it makes them feel better. It makes them feel like they'll be less sore, like, you know, power to you. Same with, uh, you know, massage gun foam rollers. Like the problem is everything is like very often like disproven or the effects of it are minimized, you know, through science, like over and over again, you'll hear like there's not direct links to these things being beneficial, but some people say it's the greatest thing ever. Uh, so, you know, really lean into like on top of this is like a fun little bonus. Like what makes you feel the best? Like sometimes there's, you know, a 
people always say placebo is the best medicine, right? Like I remember even as a kid, like my, my brother used to get headaches and I'm like, oh, don't worry. I know it's special like headache massage, you know? And like, I would just do some like stupid thing where I'd like knock on the back of his neck and like whatever. And he'd be like, I feel better, you know? And I was just making up some nonsense, uh, but it worked, right? So just the same, like if you think something helps you feel better or, you know, I know in particular people that have like very, um, you know, like, it can be very ritualistic with the way they do things. Like even myself, I deadlift the same way. Like I like to walk up to the bar with no one in front of me. I like to put my arms out and I like to pull that way. Like, and sometimes like that can be the best oil to like keep things consistent and to keep you alert and aware. And sometimes that can be a big thing too, to minimizing doing things incorrectly or hurting yourself or anything like that. So having confidence in yourself and in your journey with whatever that may be, is like another fun little bonus and a different way you can look at it. As long as it isn't going to be a significant hindrance to your progress, like doing static stretch for like 10 minutes before you work out is just really not the greatest habit. Uh, but just the same, you know, you can lean on some of the latest science, some of your uh, own individual, you know, how you feel best, and then kind of push into that. Like I know Kyle, when he feels really beat up, he likes to use a massage gun between sets. And I know that, you know, people will say is hit or miss, but if he feels better because of it, and he can perform better because of it, what's to say it's inherently horrible, um, because there's no research saying that's going to really hinder his performance. Yeah, that was super well said. I'm really glad you um, brought that up because I definitely didn't want to beat up like static stretching or like, you know, just, uh, um, you know, make anyone feel guilty about it. Like once again, my only issue is like going into number four. Um, I truly, I'll, I'll let Josh do number five because that's his favorite one. But number four is just simply doing um, a cool down, right? Um, doing low intensity, steady state, using the muscles that you've worked, right? And it's been proven. I looked over quite a few studies and, you know, they said that that's one of the best things you can do for five to 10 minutes, whether it's using a bike, whether it's doing a, a treadmill walk or a rowing machine or whatever. So where a lot of people go wrong is instead of doing the recovery, such as the cool down, they'll just do the static stretching. And I believe that their time will best be utilized um, doing a, a cool down right um, as we're growing up doing sports we've always been told you know do a cool down do a cool down like uh, as runners as athletes and I think a lot of us forget about doing that so spending five to ten minutes this is probably one of the biggest ones um, just using a low intensity that involves the muscles you've worked is one of the best things you can do before leaving the gym and I would pick that over and over again um, before doing a, a static stretch um, exercise as well and then even just kind of a bonus uh, a lot of times even my myself, I do cold showers, but I don't do it for the recovery purpose. Um, a lot of studies have also said that even cryotherapy and whatnot are way like way less important than doing something such as a uh, recovery post-workout, such as the, uh, the treadmill walk or whatever it is that I was saying. And a lot of studies have disproven the whole, you know, cold shower type stuff, even though a lot of people do it. Um, I just thought that was pretty interesting because, you know, it might make you feel good. It might make you feel recovered, but it may not have as much benefit, but you can still do it if it fits in your schedule. And if that's what you want to do, that's no problem. It's not going to hurt you. Yeah, believe it or not, number four is actually my favorite. I've always been the biggest fan of this one. Like blood flow, the effects of it are like cannot be, you know, they're just, it's the best thing ever. Like just even a great example is like this last week, as I mentioned, you know, I'm getting kind of back from my powerlifting. Um, I was also doing a ton of physical labor, doing some demolition. And like I woke up or like, you know, when I go to bed, I feel like an old man. Like everything just hurts. Like I couldn't move. I'm like, how the heck am I going to operate throughout the day? But just the same, you know, like when I get to the gym or whatever, you know, I pop in there, I start moving, I start feeling a little better, blood flow starts going, you know, they say motion is lotion, right? And you know, you get the blood flow and everything starts to feel better. And like, sometimes what I recommend to people like new clients would be like, Oh, this routine's crazy. Like I'm feeling I'm feeling so good, but I'm so sore. Like, what can I do? Like, I don't know what to do. And I'm like, go for a walk. Tell me how you feel. 
you know, they'll go for like a 10 minute walk and be like, what the heck? I feel so much better. Like, what is this? And I'm like, yeah, exactly. Right. Like just blood flow, even walking, like it, you're not saying you got to go sprint or do anything freaking crazy. Like, you know, cool down is just, it's, yeah, it's great. It's just such a nice little thing. Even, you know, you know, I'm a big fan. I always mention when I'm feeling tired or when I'm feeling demotivated, I'll just go out on a little bit of a walk and it's just amazing how much that can rejuvenate you and really get things going. So big, big fan of the cool down. I'm really happy Kyle added that to the list, but protein does have to be a close second, which is number five. Um, protein in particular is just such a powerful nutrient and it's awesome to see, um, you know, I know we've also talked about science a lot this episode. And the other thing that people will tend to forget about science, and you're probably hearing it more and more now is that science is becoming more like, you know, tribalistic or more like a religion where people won't question it, or, you know, they'll believe one thing, and they won't ever want to waver from it, right. But like, some perfect examples like science, the, pro, the scientific process, right? Like things are made to be, you know, kind of studied, then challenged and challenged, right? Like that's what a peer reviewed study is. Someone votes the study, you know, it gets reviewed and then people will perhaps, you know, conduct their own. And then, you know, you kind of take what you can from that. And then there's so many variables of like sample sizes of how, you know, repli- how like realistic it is to real life. And like, there's so many different cool components of that. And just the same, like, you also have to understand too with science that science can be manipulated, right? Like different groups can obviously interject and, you know, do different things. Like a perfect example of that is nutrition. Like it's very evident, you know, if you look at historical patterns of like how things were kind of uh, curated, like if you look at how, you know, fat was demonized, carbs have been demonized, but like, you know, it's like, Hey, you need to get this much bread. You need to get this much milk, right? Like farming industries and their say. So obviously like my case in point is like, you need to look at a wide variety of things. Like if you're listening to our podcast, you know, it's me and Kyle don't just like sit there reading articles and that's the only way I act. Like it used to drive me nuts. I used to always tell Kyle, like I hated, hated, hated people that were like super intense and like everything had to be like so perfect to like, I can't overtax myself in the gym. I can't work hard. I can't be out of an RIR three. I can't not warm up for 30 minutes. You know, like sometimes you just got to grind and work hard and just the same like volume or having a lot of protein, like you know, you, you really have to experiment and see what works best. And like, what's cool with me and Kyle is we've been able to experiment on ourselves for 10 years. Um, but we've also been able to experiment and help, you know, well over a thousand people now probably getting close way, way past that now, but, uh, help this many people create amazing transformations. And, you know, one thing that has been a constant is protein. And it's great to see now that protein is getting recommended more and more. Like I remember the recommended dose beforehand was something absurd, like 30 grams a day for the average person or something crazy low. So it's nice to see that being challenged and seeing those amounts brought up because in particular, protein is responsible, you know, for really maximizing satiety. It's a really dense nutrient in terms of satisfaction, which is phenomenal. It helps with lean muscle retention during a deficit and also helps by adding new lean muscle and supplying energy. Like, so it's a really, really great nutrient that you definitely want to take care of. It also helps with recovery. Like, you know, it just has a whole myriad of effects and you don't want to neglect it. So simply trying to get your protein uh, consumption up is just really beneficial. I could beat this one, you know, all day and talk for another 30 minutes about it. But what's really nice is we already have an amazing episode on protein as well. So we will also go ahead and link that just below the sleep episode there. So you can check that out as well. Yeah, super well said. Um, I, I know I know you love your protein, so I'm glad you tackled that and gave some great tips. I just, especially women, you know, they they really overlook it, and we've talked a lot about it. So I'm just going to leave that one there. Um, one of the last ones that I want to mention, and you know, I I take omega threes every single week, um, one to two pills a day, and then I'll have fish one to two times a week. Just every 
article I looked at, every video I looked at, they, they just kept talking about it and just saying that that's one of the best things is just omega-3s. Like there's lots of supplements out there, but I don't believe that many of them will actually help with recovery. Um, you know, there was studies done saying like pre-workout and tons of caffeine would actually help before beforehand, but you had to do like a new, like a ton of it. You'd have to take 400 plus milligrams. So that kind of didn't make too much sense because most people won't do that. But the one thing that stayed constant was the omega-3s throughout all the studies. But yeah, I mean, like just know like you will be sore. Like even this first week or two, like getting back into it for myself, like I know I will be, my legs will hurt for a bit. I can utilize all these things in the world, but it will take place and it will get better as my body keeps getting better. I think one of the biggest issues is sometimes people will over push it and like always go super hard and just like, you know, no days off. Like I can't, I can't skip leg day. But then there's also some people who are like, Oh, I can't train when I have a little bit of soreness. So pick what works best for you. As long as at the end of the week, you get everything in, you know, if one day your legs are just so fried that it just makes no sense, go for a walk, do an active rest day, and then push it back to the day after you don't always have to be like set in stone and only do it one way. But just know that it's not going to be as ideal, just constantly pushing yourself to soreness every single time, you're not going to get better consistently. And a lot of times people think that and we want to avoid soreness, we want to, you know, just it's anyways, I've talked enough about it. Hopefully that all makes sense. You know, soreness is good. But at the same time, it shouldn't be something that's constantly within your life every step you take um at least for a prolonged amount of time yeah and you you know sometimes you gotta learn to blast through it too you know sometimes you get really sore you get super beat up you know you're in that phase of training some people in particular who are doing powerlifting you know it can be really tough and you know i always like to challenge myself and say hey like i gotta step up you know i gotta operate at a higher level right now there's more challenge in my life And this is a great time for me to kind of dive into it, you know, because when you overcome a challenge, you feel fantastic. You see some incredible change. You see things uh, really start to kind of take their course. So, you know, you also sometimes need to know that it has its, um, you know, benefit there and definitely something to be mindful of and be on top of. But, you know, these are some of our favorite tips. Um, Also, if you're curious about if soreness, uh, you know, has any indication of muscular development, because I know a lot of people do believe that that is not the case. And if you'd like to find out why, the third link, we talked about that in another episode. So we got some really good content for you to dive into past this episode, but we really hope everyone enjoyed it. Uh, that's all I have. Anything you have to add, Kyle? No, that's uh, that's pretty much it. Um, I really hope this helped uh, every single person today. And if you guys ever have any specific questions about your scenario, your routine, anything like that, um, just hit us up on Instagram at Colossus Fit, C-O-L-O-S-S-U-S-F-I-T. And we're more than happy to help you out and be there to support you every step of the way.